life, love and laughter. Hi, I'm Gina McKee and welcome to Clyde 2's Life, Love and Laughter podcast. This is where I get to find out what really makes someone tick one-to-one, face-to-face. Well, this week's guest is Gary McLean. Gary started off his career in Glasgow, opening up over 80 restaurants. Along the way, he's won so many awards from Educator of the Year UK to Hospitality Lecturer of the Year. And more recently, you might recognise him from winning MasterChef. So I had to ask him, does he really live for the awards? No, I'm I'm fairly competitive. You know, I've done loads and loads of competitions. I was also the um, culinary coach for the college and uh, sitting at Glasgow College. Great shout out for them. We are the number one college in the UK. And when it comes to culinary, um, we've won everything. A couple of great young lecturers this year actually cleaned the whole board this year for, for culinary competitions, beat Westminster and all these other big Brilliant. colleges and universities. So Glasgow, when it comes to culinary education, is number one, which a lot of people don't realise. No, I had no idea. Let's rewind it first of all. And I like to do this when I'm, I'm doing these podcasts because for me, it's all about what makes pe- people tick and how did you find your passion and your drive? I should say this and let's just get a plug in for the book straight away. I'm holding Gary McLean's new book, Kitchen Essentials, The Joy of Home Cooking. Yep, yep. It was just, just released. So it's only been out for a few days. So Did you have a vision? Do you think way back? That at some point you'd have your own book? Um, do you know what? I mean, it's it's something um, I never thought would actually happen. I'll be honest, it wasn't something I was pushing for because I realise um, how much work's involved in it. Um, but I really had a great concept for a book and I thought it would be a shame not to do it. You know, it's, I mean, I'm a, I'm a father of five, you know, I'm cooking at home every day. I teach loads of different people at different levels and I've got lots of experience in, in cooking. So... Um, my sort of viewpoint on the book was to teach people the sort of fundamental basics of uh, cookery at home. I love this. We'll, we'll chat about the book, but let, so let's re- rewind, okay, yep. to how you actually got started, your love for food, your love for cooking. How did it all start? Um, I think the, the thing is um, I was terrible at school um, and it's a, it's a story I think a lot of chefs say. Um, I was only ever good at home economics and drama, funnily enough. Now I'm using both quite a lot. Um, I was just good at drama, so you're ahead of me, you too. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so, you know, I, I, you know what, I, I had that kind of vision as a young guy that I was always going to be a chef. As soon as I found out there was such a job as a chef, because back then in Glasgow, there was not any kind of, there wasn't the restaurant scene we've got now. People didn't eat out, you know. You know, there was plenty no t- of takeaways, but there wasn't, yeah. Well, e- e- even where I grew up, there was there was everything that you ate was fundamentally at home. You know, I was in a big family, and you know, um, but learning to sort of the, the sort of once I found out you could be a chef, and I was cooking a lot at home, I was messing about, and I was setting things in fire and all that sort of <laughs> stuff, just experimenting, and uh, I just really enjoyed that creativity with it. When I found out you could be a chef, that was me, and something in my head sort of said. I don't need maths or English or, or anything else. I need to be really good at home economics because that's all I need. Naively thinking that. Um, so I kind of gave up in school. Um, and to work, I actually dogged school for almost a year. Dog so school, I've I not heard work. that for years. Dog know, school! I don't know, just as well we're in Glasgow because the audience will, uh, will know what I'm talking about. Skipping but school, not attending. Yeah, not attending school. So I told the school I was at college. I told college I was at school and I went to work. So, and that was me at 15. My brother got me a job in a brilliant country house hotel out in Kinlacard, a place called Forest Hills. I was just going to say, what was your first job? Yeah, so I was there. Uh, I was in amongst a really strong team of, of chefs. 
I was the youngest in there by at least 20 years. We were getting loads of produce in from the land, deers and grouse and venison. As a Glasgow boy, you just didn't see it. But I was straight in. Within literally minutes, I was boning out deer and, and plucking pheasants and all of that. And for me, that just felt like normal. And it's not until you come away from that environment and move into the city that it's not. Um, but I was really lucky. I got really, really good um, first start and met some really nice people that kind of um, so probably probably moulded me to, to the direction I eventually went in. But you had a vision. I think the point is that even back then you said it yourself, you just had a vision that you you had to be really good at cooking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was... Um, so you were influenced like, by your family. You know, did they cook at home or was it... Really- um, again, it was, it was growing up in the kind of mid-80s. I don't think anyone was eating well. Minces you know. and stews, I remember it was Min- always... Minces and stew, and again, not particularly good or, or, or anything like that. I think I think it, we came from quite a funny time um, or grew up in that kind of time when there wasn't really a food culture. We had kind of we had kind of moved into kind of frozen food a wee bit, but again, my family didn't buy frozen food because there was hundreds of it. Um, but it was just, it was just, dare I say, badly cooked food. Um, but it was no worse than what my friends were eating or if we mm-hmm. went to our friends for dinner it was the same kind of stuff do you love your food I mean you're very slim do you love your food I can't imagine you getting stuck into a big steak and chips um, <clears throat> I, I do love my food um, and I eat very very normally I mean I had chicken chicken and uh, onion stew last night with Yorkshire potatoes and roast uh, Yorkshire pudding and, and roast potatoes oh, last lovely. night lovely that's right so that's just a normal, normal Wednesday night dinner just normal stuff <laughs> Um, this time of year is fantastic at cooking at home because you can batch cook you know because I, I really like stews and curries and tagines and chilli and all that sort of stuff so I can make all of that in one night you just get all yourself organised batch cook it get it in the fridge and every night I can go home and I can have something fresh I don't have to cook Oh, your wife and kids your five kids you're, they're so spoiled or do they think they're spoiled actually? Um, I, I, I would love to say that I go home at night and we'll sit around the table and enjoy everything that I make but it's, the reality is it, it's not like that I've got two teenagers 22 year old 6 year old and a 4 year old so every one of them is completely <clears throat> independent on their food and their choice and everything else they do eat well, but it's not as easy as you might think. Let's talk about Master Chef. So along along the way, you open up eighty restaurants. Wow, that's fabulous! And then, at what point did you think I need to take this to the next level, or did you even think I need to take it to the next level? <clears throat> With Master Chef, it was never a case of taking it to the next level. It was um, you're competitive. I li- no, I like I like experience. I like life experience. You're you're only here the once, and you know you've got to get out and experience things. I love traveling. I love. I do a lot of competitions. I was a culinary coach at the college. So um, it came to a point where we were winning so many things and so many competitions that my students and my family were starting saying, why don't you do it? And we use MasterChef, the professional show, as a kind of training tool as well because the first half the first half of that series, the, the, the chefs come in and have to do skills tests and they kind of bill it as these are skills that every chef should know. The reality is there's a lot of things in there that a lot of chefs would, would never know. Like what? Give me an example. Um, just certain skills that a young chef, you know, pre- prepping certain types of fruit and veg or artichokes or, or some strange seafood that someone might not have seen. But it's TV. But there is sometimes that, you know, they build, they obviously build everyone up because that show is very, very positive regardless of whether you go yep. on day one. They never, ever make anyone look silly. So they build these people up. They work in a Michelin star restaurant and everything else. And on, on occasion, you'll get a Michelin star chef de party or a sous chef going on the show, 
crashing out on day one. And then the next day, it's a talking point in class. Mm-hmm. So the students will say, Chef, did you see? And the class, whole class will be talking about Master Chef. And they'll say, did you see that guy, John? He couldn't bone out a saddle of lamb. And, you know, they're all kind of laughing and everything else. And for us as educators, for us to then say to our students, look, you guys are devoting your time to learn these fundamental skills. That's why you're at college. That's why you're giving up four years of your life. And it kind of gives them that reassurance that they're in the right place mm-hmm. at the right time. So that when they do move on, and if they want to go into Michelin Star or they want to go into hospital catering, at least they've got those fundamental skills. And it's great for us, that show. So it was always a talking point, And I'm, I'm a massive, absolute master chef nerd. I love the show, <laughs> particularly the professional one. So for me to get on that show and just be part of it and say that I did it was another big So show. it wasn't about the winning? You didn't? Never in a million years did I think I was going to win it. Wow, that is different to most people I talk to that will say, when I won this, I and I had the vision, I sat, I planned it, it was on my vision board. Even after I'd won. So the show is filmed six months before it's shown on TV. And uh, obviously I'd known I'd won it and I couldn't tell MD and all that sort of stuff. And uh, the producers would keep in touch. And I remember when the show started on TV and one of the, the there was a young girl who was brilliant. She, she ended up um, in the final. And uh, she went on and had her first episode and the response on social media because she was a young girl, her food was stunning. It was amazing. And the producers phoned me up and they were just, she was chatting away and stuff. And I thought, they're going to give this, they're going to change this and give this. Even after I'd done it, mm-hmm. months later, even after the show had started there and I still didn't feel as though I'd won it. Self-doubt, Gary. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's just, it's a, it's a strange thing to do. You're, you're, you're in that kind of bubble you're fundamentally on your own. You, you and your, your, you know, my wife and kids, we had this immense secret that you couldn't tell anyone and it didn't feel real because once you're away, you're away. You know, there's no... It's in the past. That's you're back happened to, to you. You're back, you're back taking classes. You're back doing your, your day-to-day thing and uh, you know you've got this juggernaut heading your way and uh, it's the strangest feeling ever. It must be like winning the lottery and not being able to tell anyone. Oh, I couldn't keep but my mouth shut. six months. Uh, how did you do it? I mean, that's a whole separate kind of forgot about it. You kind of almost a degree forget you've done it. Mm-hmm. You have to forget you've done it because, again, when you're in London and you're filming, you're actually on your own. You're living in a travel lodge and... You're eating pot noodles and eating, you know, Marks and Spencer sandwiches. And that's the other side of it. You know, the whole day you're talking about the most amazing food and getting judged by some of Britain's best chefs. And then you're going home and eating sandwiches. KFC. <laughs> I don't think I ever got a KFC there, but there was a lot of sandwiches um, because you're always under pressure. And going back to that room at night, that travel lodge uh, in the East End of London was the hardest part because you were then under that pressure to come up with the next dish that's going to save you from looking daft on telly so then that was my main objective was not you know you've got all the students I guess in your head you're probably thinking I've got all these students to face yeah well I mean the thing is I mean you've you know I've, I've had a great career I've won loads of stuff I've, I've you know I've done really really well and then you put yourself out there on national telly and you know I knew heart and heart that I would get put out at some point and my thoughts were how do you go out so making sure that you don't go out with a rubbish dish you go out because someone was better and that was my, my kind of objective. The other thing I wanted... Like a strategy, Gary? I wanted to be myself mm-hmm. as well. So I had to, when I was on camera, or when I was cooking the whole time, I had to make sure everything was the way I taught it as well. Because again, I didn't want one of my students saying, Jeff, did, ah. you, did you do that properly? Or that's not how your show does. So I had that wee bit of pressure. But the biggest pressure is probably um, your kids are going to watch it and your kids think you're great. You know, and your family think you're, you're good at what you do. And if you go on there, 
and make a mess. It's got different implications. But the students, regardless of how well I was doing on the show, the students in Glasgow just slag you off anyway. Yeah, of so course. So even when I won, they slagged us Put off. Put you back in your box. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I, I, I've never been out my box, which is... No, uh, I know. You know, I've always, I've, always, uh, I've always kept who I am, and I think that's really important. But again, I think that's what makes me a wee bit different and maybe why... I'm still as busy and I'm out doing so much. Well, um, I remember the first time I met you and it was at the Cook School in uh, Kilmarnock. Yeah, that's Kilmarnock. right, yeah. And that must be about, oh God, 10, no. Ten. I think it's about six or seven years ago, maybe. I think, yeah. Six, to me, it seems a, a long wee, time ago. I got a wee ago. flashback on Facebook recently. Memories, I think I saw that, yep. yeah. And I remember you were showing us, I was there as a student, and you were showing us how to, to cook. And I remember saying to you at the end, in fact, we all said, I was with a group of people, and I said, that guy's brilliant, that, that guy's brilliant. And everyone said, yeah, Gina, you're in media, surely you could get him something. And I remember saying to you, you should have a column or a YouTube channel yep. or something, but doing your, and you're like, nah, I just kind of love what I do, and I'm, I'm busy. And, and then, of course, time passes, and, and we reconnect. Yeah, definitely, yeah. No, I remember that. that I well. had the vision for you. That's yep. it. You never had the vision. I had the vision for but you. Again, I've had that. I've had that my whole career. I mean, I remember doing TV in America twenty years ago. You know, so um, live and TV in Chicago and stuff brilliant. like that. And then people are always, you know, and and TV is a tough, tough thing. It really is. Um, probably the toughest thing I've ever done, with the exception of MasterChef. Um, because being, that's pressure. I, I was never under any pressure. I didn't. And enjoyed the process. I loved being. I loved cooking and talking and all that and interacting with judges and stuff and I never felt under any real pressure walking up with your dish there's a bit of pressure but I never felt nervous getting in or anything like that um, because you know your craft because you knew what you were doing the pressure's on the crew and the judges because they're working there they're the ones that have got to make this most amazing national show we've just got to go in and do our thing and I thought to myself if I just go in and do um, be myself I think, I, I think I'd be okay that's that a great was, way to look at it this is Gina. Life, love and laughter. So what has the show brought you then, uh, Gary? Um, Would you say? To probably sum it up, probably one thing is uh, madness. Um, <laughs> the, the, um, the sort of things that are coming in even now. I'm probably busier now than I was three months after the show ended. Is that right? Um, what offers have you had? What are the things that have come in? Uh, obviously, the book. The book's a big one. Um, I got a, a job on Landward for the BBC. Um, I was presenting that, so I became a, a TV presenter for a wee while. Oh, you're after my job. Um, <laughs> that was that was uh, that was good. Um, I'm doing a lot of ambassadorial stuff, whether it be for Scottish food or for education. So I've done a lot of travelling um, this year alone. I've been uh, Spain, India, Malaysia. Indonesia. Where's the strangest Singapore. place that you've been? India is is by far the. I mean, I've been a lot of places all over the world, and India. I actually felt I came off the plane. And I felt as though I was abroad for the first time. Wow! The why culture, the <laughs> lifestyle, the noise. I mean, India is a complete assault on every sense. And I've seen some things in India that um, just blew my mind. Just the whole culture. The people are amazing. Um, no, it was a, it was an incredible experience going to India. Um, similar experience recently in in Indonesia, um, driving along the street in Indonesia. Oh, it looks a, beautiful, Indonesia. I've never forty been. foot billboard with my face on it, which was the strangest. <laughs> thing. Gary McLean's big in Indonesia. M- mad. I mean, the year before. And I, what was that for, Gary? It was. Um, we do a lot of the college does a lot of partnerships with uh, international colleges. So we deliver, believe it or not, Scottish qualifications all over the world. Um, so I was out 
we were out signing a, a new partnership with a college in Indonesia. So we had a big uh, launch in the press days and all that sort of stuff. But MasterChef in Asia is huge. I mean, I remember being in India. That's surreal. And I was sitting having my dinner and, and the waiter or the manager would come up and go, Gary, what are you doing in Delhi? And I'm thinking, do I know this guy? Because I've got lots, I've worked in the industry a long time, I've got a lot of Indian friends. And I'm, I'm looking thinking, is this someone that, no, it was genuinely the manager of that hotel who'd seen me on telly. And so I'm, I'm eating, eating, eating my dinner and the, the guy says, How, how's the food? And I thought, <laughs> excellent, absolutely. I mean, it's, there's only one answer. Would you mind doing us a wee video for our website? <laughs> so so this is, uh, but again, walking walk the streets of New York and people stop you and, and you kind of forget. And the only place I don't really get stopped too often is probably Glasgow because everybody kind of sees me and knows me and stuff like that. So I actually get more work abroad than I do in Glasgow. That is know. unbelievable. I do a lot of pop-ups and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. I do I do more work actually in New York than I do in Glasgow. It's the weirdest thing. You're off to America, aren't you, next week? I'm away to, uh, I know it sounds very glamorous, I'm away to Hollywood uh, next week. For? I'm I'm doing a 14-course a dinner for 60 of LA's best chefs. Wow. So, and everyone apart from chefs will be going, oh, he's really lucky. Every chef. What are you cooking? I'm intrigued to know. I mean, what, how do you keep coming up with well, ideas? What are you cooking? What it is, is um, I've been asked by um, sort of consortium of Scottish seafood to sort of show the, the best of Scottish seafood to the American market. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the same week, I've got a, a dinner in New York. So, but again, the chefs out there listening will think you're, you're off your head. <laughs> um, but it's a lot of work. I actually don't see anything. I think in, in eight days, so I you think could I've be anywhere. Off. And the, it, your doesn't head, really, you think, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Even when I'm in Asia, the India thing was different because I was doing a competition. I was the, the Scotland coach for that particular competition. So we got a, a lot of culture and we met a lot of different nationalities and stuff. Was that like a chef idol thing? In- yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was a massive institution in India that are running the biggest um, student competition in the world. So there was 51 countries uh, compete against each other. And, you'd, and it was great because you saw kids all just talking together. We'd, Palestine, Israel, Russia, Scotland, England, oh. America. These kids sitting round the table, chatting each other up, swapping phone numbers, and just talking about food and, and life. life. It was awesome to see. Um, so this was the first time that Scotland had ever been in that competition. So I wasn't really sure what to expect. And again, I mean, I wasn't. I didn't go out there to win either. But um, go, Gary, ambassador for we Scotland. We got third in the world. Um, at that particular competition, so that's fabulous. So fingers crossed, next time we we bring home the the the, the main trophy. So yeah, next time round the book Gary McLean Kitchen Essentials. I love this, the joy of home cooking, and thanks for signing it as well. Don't Not worry, I will be keeping this. Uh, so what's the main sort of premise then? Oh, peen ham. I've just opened it. My favourite soup, peen yep. ham soup. Um, I think the thing is what what I did was I mean my experience. You're talking about the cook school. Uh, and obviously, I've I've been in I've been in education over twenty years at college between part time and full time. So I'm meeting kids at sixteen who are coming in who know nothing about food. But at the cook school, you know, I, I can't remember the class that you did, but we're doing really great stuff, lobsters and all that, and game and everything else. It's really quite highbrow. And what occurred to me is, you know, people even when they're when they're entering that kind of really um, posh end or high end environment with food they still didn't really understand the fundamentals. So we would do things, you know, we'd do maybe do lobster or venison or something like that, and then the emails would come back the next day and they would be saying how wonderful the day was and they now can't believe they can chop an onion. 
<laughs> so it, it went straight back to those basics. And I think with my experience as being a, a teacher, I feedback, ex- you're taking the feedback. I explain food very descriptively, you know, and I always it's got to be enjoyable and I think I put a little story um when I'm teaching. So when I had the pitch with the publisher, I told them I've got a thousand recipes already written, this book's in the bag. And so we signed the deal and everything else. Now, then when look look back at the recipes, the recipes were written for me and no one else. So there was lots of things that were missing that I take for granted that I would either say during the delivery or the person reading it would understand. So I had to start from pretty much scratch. So what I've done is I've written recipes that have got real detail and, and story. And there's a lot of information in there on why things are done as opposed to how. Because mm-hmm. if you understand the why, map. I think people are really intelligent. Human beings in general are really intelligent. So if you give them the information, they'll take that in and then carry it forward. And that's what the book's about. So I do, there's there's loads of sort of hints and tips on what knives to buy and, and how to stock your kitchen and um, oh, great. what is boiling, what is grilling, why do we boil certain foods and grill others? And just a little kind of, a wee bit of the sort of science and a wee bit of the theory behind it. In layman's terms, of course. Well, yeah, to, to a certain degree, I'm not. I'm not trying to dumb anything down. I'm trying to do the opposite. I'm trying to bring it back so that people can have got the proper information. I can't wait to digest this. You know, I, I, see I, wrote, I wrote a thousand words on how to chop an onion. A thousand most, words. Most recipe books will have chop an onion. Well, that's true. I just so, chop an onion. But it's the first thing in the book, how to chop an onion. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cook something from this and then I'll, I'll send you the picture proof that Good, I've done I'll it. I'll hold you to that. Yeah, I'll go off from that, there. That's what's quite, <laughs> quite fun now because now in social media, people now have got the book out there and I am getting pictures of my own food coming back. You know, and it's great. As soon as I look at the picture, I know what page it's from and, yeah. you know, I know the story behind it because a lot course. of that food, you know, a lot of that food I did at the cook school, a lot of the food I've done at home, um, for years and years and years some of that food's my real homely sort of staples and true again, to the Gary McLean household so my kids are involved in it I've got a kids section in it with no kids food oh that is great so it's, I'm looking um, at this crispy Korean chicken wings with, with kimchi cabbage yep. oh, oh I'm starving <laughs> oh, I, know. I, could, I could use that just now actually <laughs> Gary I absolutely wish you all the best with whatever is going to come your way next with of course uh, the book and uh, we can find you on social media yeah um, I'm on Twitter as GMAC Chef also on Facebook is the same and website is GaryMacChef.com available to hire not at Christmas though <laughs> never never always take Christmas off Christmas day apart from the 25th of December Gary McLean Kitchen Essentials the joy of home cooking and it's out now Gary thanks so much for chatting to me thanks for having us here thank you my thanks to Gary McLean for a great chat and remember if you enjoyed this podcast then please like share and comment I'm Gina McKee and thanks for listening don't forget of course to join me through the week on Clyde 2's Home Run Show and I'll be back with another batch of life love and happiness next week Gina Life Love and Laughter Like and share us and come back for the next episode next week